Welcome back to another Ghost Cult Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Keefe. Today's podcast is an interview with the great Steve Until of Neurosis. Steve and I chatted all about the brand new remaster of the Neurosis and Jarbo EP, current touring plans for the band, and more. Check it out. So yeah, man. Happy to catch up with you, Steve, and talk about the simply titled Neurosis and Jarbo reissue, remaster, re-release, re-everything. Um, congratulations, first of all. This is a great piece of music. It's I think it was a little, you know, underappreciated in the greater Neurosis catalog. So uh, what gave you guys the inspiration to uh, revisit this after 16 years? Uh, primarily just the fact that it was never available on vinyl. It was only issued on CD back in the day. Um, it never was out of print, but um, the decision to go with a vinyl issue of it forced us into a, a few different areas. It forced us to have to remaster because mastering for vinyl, as you know, is completely different than mastering for CD anyway. Um, you have to have a lacquer cut. You have to have the EQ treated differently. And um, when Noah, our keyboardist, uh, and also our resident uh, high fidelity set of ears um, kind of gave, gave the, old disc a listen uh there were some weird little digital glitches he heard in it that he wanted to dive in and fix and so he went back to the original mixes and uh, uh was able to repair what he wanted to repair and then he worked really co closely with bob weston uh chicago mastering uh to get what they thought the best they could out of it uh, you know because we had recorded this uh primarily on consumer level pro tools which at that time that we did it was less than stellar fidelity at least in the analog to digital conversion realm um and so we were able to address a lot of those issues and get it to sound as good as it possibly could uh with noah and bob working really really close on on realizing um uh, what the eq could sound like and what the uh getting the right fidelity, the right sound stage, the right stereo image. Um, just got it a little less out of the box and a little more into the realm of what, what we usually expect from our albums. This, this one was kind of a, uh, odd, odd duck in the way that we created it. So, um, yeah. And then once we heard the vinyl remaster, we were like, holy shit, this sounds so much better. Uh, we have to scrap the old CD and put this into production because this this absolute absolutely dwarfs the sound of the uh, the original as far as uh, just sounding good and uh, yeah that sparked it. It's kind of interesting as uh, Mike like myself, you're a guy who grew up in the vinyl age before all this digital stuff and before even DAT tape and you know we we came from the reel to reel age almost two inch tape and things like that. It's kind of funny how some of the technology when it was so cutting edge like 20, 25 years ago, you know, obviously things come along and replace it. But it's kind of weird that uh, we've come full circle a little bit in the f sort of from recording to now remastering and putting things out again. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, it is pretty interesting the way the way it's gone, for sure. And and uh, we were definitely victims of that high tech uh, thing. I mean, all proper neurosis records have always been recorded on analog reel to reel. Um, uh, but there was an age there in the 90s where 
we didn't know any better because we were still only a few records into our career. We were not engineers where uh, the recording engineers were telling us to mix down from the two inch down to dat tape. And so the masters of Souls at Zero, Enemy of the Sun through Silver and Blood were all mixed to dat tape, which means that they're now gone because that shit doesn't last. It gets digital glitches and it's unrepairable, unlike analog tape, which you can always repair and restore. Um, so even though they were recorded analog, we'll never be able to go and, and reissue those. And that's, uh, well, or not, we're able, we're able to reissue, but we're not able to get to the depth of the remaster because there is no analog master tape, only the analog, uh, multi-tracks and nobody wants to remix anything. That's just a exercise in futility. So this Jarbo one was, um, was cool in the fact that that modern technology, that cutting edge, the fact that we could record at home, multi-track more than our half-inch eight tracks were. And although actually some of this, some of my parts I did on my half-inch eight track in my garage for this Jarbo record. Um, but most of it we did in, yeah, consumer level Pro Tools, which... Uh, now, of course, you can get into it, and if you have the right analog to digital conversion, you can make it sound wonderful. Um, I still prefer analog tape, but uh, but yeah, back then, man, there was something to be desired. But but the freedom that it gave us to create this weird music for Jarbo to sing on, kind of in makeshift living room studios that we were creating to pull us out of our normal zone and force us to do something else. Uh, was actually part of the inspiration, you know, kind of using the tools you have available. And rather than actually writing a riff-based record like Neurosis does in the rehearsal studio, we kind of built this one out of out of rhythms and out of clay. And we revisited we revisited some cool old master tapes, some old reel-to-reels, and stole some of Jason's old rhythms off old songs, flipped them around backwards, started them in the wrong spot, looped them, chopped them, and uh, created rhythmic basses for a lot of the pieces that ended up uh, being on the the record so and uh that was it because we were able to go into a studio put those reels up load it into the computer take it home and fuck with it and uh so that was kind of part of the interesting process and and uh yeah so it definitely had pluses and minuses in that whole aspect right on and uh i think for fans of the band i think it's you know when a band does a collabo uh you know sometimes they make sense like oh on paper these two bands should make a thing together either a split and show you know chime in on each other's stuff or can you get some very good collaborative things now that i think the record industry is a little freer and bands can you know contribute together but jarbo has such a such a diverse sort of catalog of things and she's so amazing and able to do anything it had to be pretty freeing for you guys as songwriters i love hearing that process where you guys kind of chop things up and change things around just in general to work with her and and her with you i think that's really interesting yeah we didn't want it to be a simple you know we didn't want it to be oh let's write another neurosis album but have somebody else sing on it that that would have been far less interesting than than what we ended up with you know we we had to pull ourselves out out of our normal way of doing things. And yeah, we, it was, it was fun. It was inspirational. It was definitely inspiring to, to do that and uh, created some stuff we wouldn't have otherwise. Rad in this process that you've gotten to go back and hear it with new ears. Is there a track that's really jumped out to you that maybe didn't the first time? Not necessarily. No, I, I kind of like it as a whole. I like the, I like where it, I like how it starts. I like how it uh, flows and I like how it concludes. I think um, it seems like Jarbo was able to take our kind of weird abstract rhythmic noise stuff and really uh 
inject it with words that were very meaningful for her and her life at that point. It really seemed to kind of take us on a trip and on a, on a journey of self-exploration and, and, um, it feels very cinematic and story-esque to me, you know, listening to it from the outside. And since it was written differently, you know, since it wasn't like sitting on a riff for months and hammering out an arrangement on the guitar and in the rehearsal studio, it's kind of interesting to listen to it back because I feel less familiar with with it. So each time I don't and I don't spend a lot of time listening to our music. So being forced to um in the remaster process, it was pretty interesting. It was like, wow, this is, uh, you know, I really enjoy this as, as objective as I can be about it since I don't really feel an ownership of it since it just sort of materialized over time and, and hammered it out of this, uh, you know, clay taken right out of the river of, uh, improvisation. Nice. I like that you said cinematic. Cause I always felt like this record, all you could say this about any neurosis record, but this album, this co collaboration really could be used as a soundtrack to a, mu a movie that doesn't exist yet. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's got that very sweeping quality. I think, you know, the pieces, they're not constrained by time or anything. Rules, they just they just exist, you know, just poof into the ether. You know, I like it. I, I agree. Yeah, man. And then um, was there any, if you recall back to the sessions, uh, was there any kind of give and take between her and the band in terms of influencing or coaching each other? Or you just kind of let it, you know, sort of here's what we do. Here's what you do. Let's put it together because I'm interested in that process. Yeah, well, we did it via distance. And that's uh, also part of why we use the digital domain because we were able to send her the trap. Basically we got it to the point where we had the bulk of the record, but not necessarily completely arranged. We had each piece and all the different parts in a rough arrangement. <clears throat> and, uh, then we sent it to her. So it was probably, you know, 75% done. Uh, and then we sent it to her in Atlanta. She booked time in a studio, sent back lots of different takes of her voice, um, uh, multiple tracks, multiple takes. And we kind of went through it and um, she had highlighted the ones that she liked best. And that was always spot on. Uh, occasionally we used additional tracks just for some texture. But um so once we got hers in there, then we were able to kind of get more concise and chop down the pieces and edit the pieces into a final arrangement, add maybe a few bits of sonic ear candy to react to what she had done vocally. And um, so that's the only point in which there was really, you know, she reacted to our sounds and then we did one last moment reaction to her voice uh, and did the final edit and the mix. And so that was really the only give and take because we weren't actually in the same physical space. Do you find uh, this may be a little obtuse to ask, but do you find sort of going back into your, your memories of that time when you all got together to choose what tracks of hers would go on, which songs uh, that were still forming? Was that, a, is that a very democratic thing or did it just kind of certain things were obvious? She had the music also, or, you know, maybe she had something else in mind. Was there anything kind of unique or special that stood out? 
No, I think it fell right into place. I think it was pretty effortless. It's cool when it comes together like that. I know, again, this is a kind of project that would definitely push you guys. You had done so many records and you've done other things, you know, obviously Tribes of New Rod and other collaborations. But I think uh, uh, this project is so unique to your whole history of music. And we've we've spent a lot of time in the past talking about Neurosis history, which I'm a huge fan of. So it's just such a unique piece of music for the group, you know? Yeah, I agree. And and at, when, at the time we were making uh, making it, we honestly didn't even know what we were going to call it. If we were going to call it Tribes of Neurot, Neurosis, Neurosis and Jarbeau, some other band name entirely. We, we didn't really have that part figured out. It was only when it was time to figure out how to present it to the outside world that it seemed to make more sense to just call it Neurosis and Jarbeau because that's in effect what it was, even though it's quite different than our more... Uh, guitar riff oriented you know albums that we normally create it's definitely not traditional neurosis for sure but it's it's definitely welcome i love the uh new artwork also you got the uh, aaron turner crazy artwork on the cover that's just kind of mind blown you know yeah when we when we realized we weren't going to be able to use the original artwork and adapt it to the lp and that we had to start from scratch and it, it needed an upgrade anyway to be honest but uh we we went to Aaron because he's just a trusted friend and a, and a good artist. And he warned us when he started that he was he was entering a, a very abstract and non-representational phase of his art, uh, which if you look at al like his Sumac album covers and other stuff he's done recently, he's definitely getting pretty out there and uh, definitely not representative in a traditional sense, very kind of abstract and expressionist. But he said that he was confident that he would be able to do something that would fit in the catalog, that would look like it belonged, that it would merge the two energies of Neurosis and Jarboe. And, and uh, I think he did a good job. I, I, I really – at first we were all kind of taken back like, I don't know. What is it? <laughs> you know? And uh, and then we kind of just let, let it sink and then we, we kind of – we just agreed to go for it, that it, it had the right energy. We trusted Aaron. Uh, just like we trusted the process of this whole thing. And so, yeah, worked out nice. Awesome, man. As we uh, wind this down, uh, obviously you guys have been touring heavily all summer. You're back on the road in a couple of days uh, with Bellwitch and Deaf Kids, which is a sick bill. Three very well-matched different bands that I dig. Um, what else is in store for you guys? Have you guys started to talk about new music? Are you still going to continue to churn out uh, some more tours for Fires Within Fires? Uh, well, we actually never consider our touring like in support of any specific album. We just, we just, we just live life and take it as it comes, you know, um, what, what records come, records come, if tours come, tours come, it all just has to make sense in the greater thing of life. We don't have any ties to any sort of industry expectations or modes of operating. Um, so really, I know we don't actually have any plans. I mean, we, we, we don't have any material that's in the works. We pretty much the only times we've seen each other uh, since we recorded Fires Within Fires was um, for live gigs, you know, starting with our 30th anniversary concerts, right through the summer touring after that and into the, yeah. And then the father following year taking out the, uh, yeah, the new songs and, and that's basically what we've done. We do about, you know, roughly around 25 shows a year for the last five or six, seven, 
eight years. Uh, and, um, that seems to be a pretty good balance for us. Um, but we haven't been able to find the time to write. We, we spent two days together after our 30th year and after all the touring and after all the 30th anniversary shows and after the release of fires within fires, we've rented a cabin up here near where I live. And just to see if, uh, you know, the universe would hand us a record like it did with fires within fires. And, uh, that was the only time we had to spend to work on something. And honestly, I think we were also beat from that whole year. Like we had lots of interesting, mellow, trippy stuff come out, but no, no meat and potatoes, no songs. So there, there really isn't anything in the works. We haven't revisited the material, but that's probably our next step is to maybe, uh, you know, take a moment, take a step backwards and, try to let, give an opportunity to let the music naturally flow flow forward if it chooses to can't force it indeed indeed you can't uh that's a good way to end off man thank you again for your time it's always a pleasure and an honor to chat with you this is i think my favorite interview we've done out of, out of three and uh once again thank you for giving up some of your time to hang with ghost cult and the ghost cult podcast and cannot wait to see you on the road again what comes in the future yeah thank you keith appreciate it appreciate your time as well and all you do to help uh pump awesome independent music out there in the world well thank you man we try we'll talk soon <laughs> all right take care Thanks for checking out today's podcast. Follow, like, and subscribe wherever you hear these podcasts. Also check out Ghost Cult Magazine on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And finally, check us out at ghostcultmag.com. We're out. Peace.